Thank you for listening to The Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. I want everybody to meet Bob, the robot dog. This dog is incredible. All you have to do is press a button and he will always do what you say. If you want Bob to bark, you just press a button. But if you want Bob to bark at your dad, you just hit a button. If, if you want Bob to walk, I mean, this thing will walk. Robot dogs are awesome. One thing about Bob, he will never make a mess in your house. There is no mess with Bob. You also don't have to feed him. You never actually have to feed Bob. You just press a button. He will go wherever you go. Because Bob is so great, my question is why would you ever want to get a real dog? Now we have some dogs, some Yorkies, and the Bible talks about them. Because a real dog creates a lot of messes in your house. In Psalm 53, it says this, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. My dogs are corrupt. They will rip apart our pillows. They do not care that our pillows have value. They rip them apart. This is why if you come over to our house, there's no pillows around anymore. Because I was tired of having the things of value being torn to pieces. My Yorkies, their ways are vile. I was new to domesticating wildlife because I didn't grow up with animals because I'm allergic. When we first started training these dogs, we would be outside and we're walking them. And I noticed when I wasn't paying attention, looks like he's eating something. And I looked and I thought it was cocoa puffs, but it was deer droppings. And then I realized these dogs like to lick my face. In fact, these dogs, when we get home, will want to lick my face. Now, when you have a four-pound dog, which we do, and a six-pound dog, their tongue, it's little. It's like little kisses, okay? If you have a big slobbering dog, maybe you're not doing this. But in our house, they give us these little kisses. And I just thought, in one moment, they're eating deer droppings, and then they want to lick my face. This is vile. But I thought, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They probably don't even know. They probably think it's Cocoa Puffs too. I called a friend of mine. He said, Joe, the dog's strongest sense is its sense of smell. He knows what it is. These things are vile. It says in verse 2, God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand. Any 
who seek God. My Yorkies don't understand that you can't bark at all the guests. We have tried training them, but they continually bark at our guests. Dogs don't always understand this. I've been over at people's houses that they know dogs don't understand how to treat guests. They'll put a big dog, you know, out. You know, it's locked in a room because if you come over, it's, ah, I mean, they just nail you. When I was a high school student, my cousin had a dog and I went over her house one time and I just thought, your dog's doing something inappropriate with my leg. Dogs don't understand how to treat guests. You can train them, but sometimes their instincts just kick in. And you wonder if what you're teaching them is really getting through. In verse three, it says, everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. My Yorkies, they take revenge on you. You can spend years potty training, but if there's something that triggers them, they create a mess right away. And in fact, if we're gone long enough out of the house, they take revenge on us. We're convinced there will be a mess somewhere in our house. They just are corrupt. Psalm 78 says this about them. They did not keep God's covenant. They refused to live by his law. I'm pushing 200 pounds. I got a four pound dog and a six pound dog. And these dogs, when I get out of bed, will be barking at me nonstop. And I'm saying, stop, stop, stop. They don't care. They do not want to live by my law right now. I don't know what's going on with them, but it's crazy time in our home. They refuse to live by the man of the house's law. And then it says this about them in Psalm 81. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Sometimes I'm walking our dogs and I want to go right, they want to go left. And these six-pound and four-pound Yorkies will dig their feet in and drag this way. Now, I brought up that I was 200, and you can obviously see, if I want to, I'm going to win this one. You know, get over here. But when you have a four-pound dog and a six-pound dog, and you see them wet, their legs are like pencils. I will snap their legs off. So I do what I can only do. Sometimes I give them over to their stubborn hearts and I say, okay. And then I try to redirect them later to get them to come the other way. Why would anyone want to get a real dog? Get the robot dog. Get Bob. Now, most of you know, these scriptures are not about dogs. They're about us. You know, we'll rip apart other human beings with no concern that God values that person. We tend to be vile at times as well. 
with our lips, we'll curse somebody, and moments later, we'll praise God with our lips. We'll, we'll talk bad about someone over here, and then a moment later, talk nice and act like everything's okay. Sometimes we'll say, you know, it's just my nature. My instincts took over, and we hurt people. We could offend people. Sometimes there's a trigger and we know what is good and what is good to do, but yet we choose what is wrong. We can know the way of God and refuse to walk in it because we want to follow our stubborn hearts, refuse to walk in God's ways. I want to show you another picture. Now, when I showed you Bob, everyone just looked and it's like, mm-hmm, that's a robot dog, Joe. Very nice. But when I showed you Remy, your faces went, oh. Noises came out. Ah, portuzu, honey, cozy, honey. See, deep down inside, Deep down inside, we all know what the problem is with the robot dog. There's no emotional connection. A robot dog will never choose you. You know, a real dog, when you're heartbroken and sad, you don't have to say anything. They actually will come up and they'll cuddle right where your heart is and they'll sit by you knowing that you're sad. A robot dog is cold. A robot dog is hard. It's plastic. And you will never feel its warmth. But Remy, when you come home, and Logan, they're excited to see you. And they're jumping around with excitement. See, we choose the real dog over the robot for love. Intrinsically, we know what love is. As parents, as parents, we choose to have children for love. But we know before we have kids, it is possible that the kids we choose to have, our children, will choose to walk away from us. That our kids may hurt us. Our kids may reject us. But we still choose to have children for love. And for relationships and for connection, God did not choose to create robots. He created human beings with free will. Now dogs give us a glimpse into something else. In Genesis 1, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, I believe God's word is true, but when I read this, I have questions. Because my first question was, how is it possible 
for mankind to rule over wild animals when we don't even speak the same language. But then Avatar, the movie, opened my curiosity. I thought, huh, is it possible that the communication was about physical touch? That maybe Adam was able to connect and touch the animals and there was able to be a connection. I thought, is it possible? Is this how it worked? We don't know. Nobody knows. We're just left with our imaginations. We know that God's word is true. But I thought, man, do dogs give us a glimpse of what was lost? That a dog knows when we're sad without even telling it. I feel like it's a window into what we had with animals. That the natures that animals have today is not the nature they had when they were created by God. Animals today, it's impossible that they have the same nature. Because today, you could go on uh, Instagram or YouTube, social media. I love these little cute animal videos, you know, raccoons doing stuff. And uh, I'm sending them to my kids. I just love them. And every once in a while, you see, oh, look at this cute little video. It's a little like rabbit running. And a hawk comes down and just swallows it up and takes it. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Because we live in a time where animals hunt each other and rip each other to shreds. This can't be how it was. And then Isaiah gives us a glimpse of the future, of maybe something that was lost. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. A little child will lead them. Now what's interesting is wolf, lamb, leopard, goat, these were, these were natural prey, opposites. And now in the future, it's saying, they're going to live together. They're going to live in harmony. Now, some people believe this is literal, but if it's not, here's what we all are convinced of. Jesus is going to renew the world. It's not going to be like the one we have today. And I just thought it was incredible that it says, and a little child will lead them. We saw some incredible young little men up here today. Mason, Aiden. Can you imagine? Mason, hey, go play with the lion. Go ahead, have fun. But in the future, Jesus renews the world. It's different. A sad reality we have today is that if a dog takes out its instincts, and they do at time, and they bite somebody, Sometimes those dogs get put down. This is why our old nature must be put down. This is why scripture tells us we must die to our old self. Because we're just like them. Jesus said it this way in John 3. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. 
You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. I love how Jesus was direct. I, want, I need direct and practical straight line stuff. Jesus did not fixate on how we were born. He was clear. You must be born again. And this is why God gives us a new nature. This is why when we choose to give our life to Jesus, he gives us his life. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit comes inside, collides with our soul, and we are now invaded with a new nature. And this is the new nature as followers of Jesus that we must choose because the old still lives in there, even though we got the new. And this right here is where people miss becoming a Christian. Because people think Christianity is about choosing a religion. I never wanted to choose a religion or be religious. Because Christianity is actually about choosing the way of love. It's about choosing a new way of life. When you give your life to Jesus, his nature comes to live with us. And his nature is love. We leave a life of selfishness and now we choose the new way, a way of love, a relationship with God. That's something I was interested in, a relationship with God, a new way of love. This is why we don't focus on the past. When you choose to give your life to Jesus, we don't focus on who we were, but we focus on who we're becoming every day. If you never know where to start. You ever picked up a Bible? You can always start here and it will always be right. Choose the way of love. Now, I'm not the first person to use an animal to explain that we were made for love. I'm not the first person to use an animal to demonstrate that intrinsically, we all know what is true and what is right. Because although it said in the beginning, God said the fool says in their heart, there's no God. They are corrupt. They are vile. They don't understand. They don't seek him. They've turned away. He didn't say they don't know what love is. If you want to know where I got it from, I stole it from Jesus. And look what he says in Matthew 12. Then Jesus went over to the synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you pull it out? Of course you would. How much more valuable is a person than sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. 
So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. I can't relate to the love of a sheep. But I know what puppy love is. And I wanted to share this talk with you today because I know at some point in your life, you're going to have a mental struggle. Every one of us will have this struggle. Because every one of us one day, when we open up the scriptures, we are going to read about something in there that Jesus talks about a lot. He talks about hell, a place of separation. And we're going to struggle with this because God created people that he knew wouldn't choose him, that would reject him and maybe separated for him forever. And we're gonna wrestle you with it. But in those moments, I think about puppy love. And it's in those moments, I'm reminded of 1 John, when it says, whoever does not love, does not know God, because God is love. We were made for love, we were made to love, and we were made by love itself. Love is not a four-letter word. So where do you go from here? What could our possible response be? Well, we know that when we choose less than love, it's destructive to our soul. You just know it inside. If you want to be your authentic self, real self, you were created by a God who is actually love and we're created in his image. That is why it always makes sense to choose love. But then also, what do we do about the problem? Because as God has said, we've all chosen ways that were corrupt and vile. Well, that's where God demonstrates his love once again. That even though God knew, he said, I'm going to provide a way. Even though we were stubborn, he came and met us where we were at. And just like Jesus restored that man's hand, God can restore us. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's where we leave you today in a moment of decision. It's our, our prayer and desire that you would walk out of here today, one, knowing how much God loves you to walk in his way. But maybe you came here today and you've ever never made a decision to cross that line of faith and to give your life to Jesus. We're gonna give you that opportunity right now. I'm gonna ask everyone to just stand for a moment to close your eyes. I would never tell someone to choose a religion because I didn't want to choose one. But choosing the way of love is to choose a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's as simple as this. Turn from yourself. Turn to him. Give your life to him. And he will give you a new nature. He will give you a new way 
And he, he, he puts that way clearly in his word. The way of love is outlined for us. What's so amazing is he restores us. He forgives us. He forgives us for all the times we chose to be unloving in the past. So today, if you want to cross that line of faith and make that decision, if you want to walk out of here into a future, leaving a past behind, God knows your heart. God sees your commitment and your mind. Say right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I want to receive a new nature. I want to receive the new way of love and life. Jesus, today I give you my life. I want to walk into a future and I want to leave a past behind. Jesus, I give you my life. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. And live your life in such a way that will make the world wonder. There must be more.